Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave. And today's conversation is with the Dean of Undergraduate Admissions, Ava Blanco Macias. Ava leads all recruitment and admissions efforts for the university. And although her parents didn't even graduate from elementary school, Ava attended Yale and then worked in Latin American and Hispanic media for about 10 years before pivoting her career to the admissions department at Santa Clara, where she has worked for about the past 15 years. Eva spends her free time with her young daughter as well as DJing for family and friends and doing yoga. In this conversation, I got a little bit of an inside view into the admissions process. What does Santa Clara look for in incoming students? How does Ava think about stress and competition, which are increasing in the admissions process? What are some common mistakes that students make on their applications? And what was Ava's own journey through college and into her current career like? I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with undergraduate admissions dean, Ava Blanco Macias. How did you go from being a first-generation college student yourself to leading um, admissions here? I know there were some steps in between, but what were some kind of highlights of your yeah. career journey? Yeah. Sure. So going to college was a really big deal for me. So being a first-gen um, student, my parents didn't graduate from elementary school. So at a very young age, they always impressed upon us just how important education was, and they always supported our efforts. Um, and um, worked really hard. I'm one of six siblings. Um, and uh, that was just always at some point in an early age became part of my focus going to college. But, um, you know, it gets really daunting when you then try to figure out where and what's best. And, you know, I followed an older brother who uh, had gone through this journey before me and I made some really good um, relationships with my teachers, um, my counselors. Um, and when I got to my senior year, I realized that I wanted to be an engineer. That was my calling at the time. And uh, I had figured out what colleges I was going to apply to. And in the end of the day, I didn't go to any of them because um, I ended up going to Yale. And that was simply on the sheer luck that an alum came to talk to me about it at the final phases of the application process. And of course, my life was dramatically changed from that choice and the decision. And so I've always reflected on that. And found that it's a powerful thing to be able to share information. And while we may not realize that as individual, it could be really empowering for somebody else. So when I got to a point where I wanted to really go into a career and focus my time and energies professionally on something that mattered to me, I thought about my college going process and how my journey and trajectory was changed by one person. And so that's when I decided to um, pivot, change careers. Um, I did it at a time when the unemployment rate was really high here in the Bay Area, but I relocated here from having previously been in another career out of Florida um, and gave myself some time. And I got to know um, 
a lot of alums from Santa Clara just from volunteering from nonprofits. And I spent time on the campus and just found it to be a really special place. And so when I saw an opening, I decided to apply for it. And uh, I actually didn't get the job offer. Decided to go back to what I used to do and then got a call and said from, from the admissions office saying, we have a different position. We think that it might be a better fit. And that was 15 years ago. And it's just been an incredible journey to be here and to represent Santa Clara and to also just be able to speak off of the platform of, of higher education and the importance of it. So that um, has always really rooted me to hmm. this job. Hmm. Well, what is your favorite part of your job? Uh, a number of things. You know, I think that when we think about admissions, there is a, a cycle and there's a goal, right? We are enrolling a class of students to come to Santa Clara. And there's so much that happens in between. I enjoy meeting students. Um, I enjoy speaking to them about the opportunities that Santa Clara offers them. I enjoy um, watching them come through our office, apply, and reading their stories and reading about their journeys as students and what moves them and what they're passionate about. Um, and so there's that whole part of it. But I also love working with my staff, whether it be counselors or part of the operations side, that all really care about what we do here. And so working collectively on what we're trying to do by the tail end of the season is just a lot of fun. And um, I think that you know, our wins are collective. And that's just great to be to just be part of a team where we all just um, believe in what we're trying to accomplish together. and We support each other. Mm -hmm. But I also love um, being strategic. And, um, you know, what we do every single year really depends on a number of things happening all at the same time. Right. So we do everything from coordinate visits, right? Students come here, thousands of them every year. In fact, I think the last count this last year was about 30,000 students came through our office. Um, we um, have to read thousands and thousands of applications. We're also at the same time trying to get the word out about Santa Clara. Not everybody knows about us. And that's, um, you know, whether it be through social media, whether that be through um, fairs and traveling to different parts. So there's just a lot of things that need to happen. And every year we need to make a choice about what those are and when they happen so that they um, so that we can optimize our efforts and that they, you know, have the effect we're looking for. Um, we can't do it all. You know, we don't have unlimited amounts of resources and especially time. Um, but I do enjoy that. I enjoy making decisions and working and asking questions of my staff and tapping their talents to then again make decisions about what we're going to do at any given time um, over the course of the year to then again ultimately um, come to this point where. Um, we have enrolled the class, and uh, we're watching then Santa Clara students walk the stage mm -hmm. and graduate and, and really take a moment to reflect on that transformation, mm -hmm. right, of students. And, and that's rewarding to be able to yeah. be a part of that every year. Yeah, I can definitely see how that part would be rewarding and fun. But I know just being going through the college admission process just three or so years ago, the the time leading up to that of writing essays and applying can really be stressful and especially sure. as you know more and more students apply to more and more universities and um, everyone's trying to do as many extracurriculars as they can and get the best GPA so is all that 
is all that stress warranted from students? Like, how should a high school student yeah. be thinking about that yeah. process? Like, yeah, I, I, we are aware of that. Um, and certainly our interest isn't to add more stress to students. What I'd like to tell students is to really be authentic about the application process. I also encourage students to, you know, explore, to take some risks, to try things. Um, I think that we have gotten into this conversation about going to college and how early do you start doing that. And the fact that that begins very early does begin to create, I think, stress for students very early on and feel that they have to be a perfect student, um, however that's defined to them. And the reality is, is that when it comes to reading an application and making decision about a class, a class isn't uniform, right? It's, it's all variations of students coming from different parts of the country, different parts of the world, different experiences, different socioeconomics, different challenges, different schools. And it's all that variety that when we enroll a class, um, really makes that class special, right? Because it's all those variations that we hope then comes to this campus and students get to learn and have their learning experience further enhanced by these experiences and variations that students come with. So it's not about just the perfect student. We certainly look for an academic um, baseline, if you will. We want to make sure that students have an academic preparation that's going to allow them to be successful here academically, right? So we do look for the A through G requirements, and but we do do that review very contextually, right, of them. Um, so it doesn't have to be the perfect score, but if they have also taken rigorous courses, you know, we can make some, you know, look at that in, in a very different lens than just a perfect GPA. So, um, you know, we want to still allow for students to, sure, challenge themselves and aim for those A's. I'm not saying not to because I think that students who get that reward and, and get the, the grades will have more options. But um, I think it's important to stress that there is no formula to getting to college, that there is no perfect GPA or perfect test scores that is going to get you to um necessarily the college of your choice. And so students really should um, do the best they can, absolutely. Um, but also think about all the choices they have, even in colleges here in the United States. We are in a country that has just thousands of possibilities. So, um, and a lot of these colleges are really looking for great students. So if they just take more time to kind of look at what those options are, not just always shoot for the same, perhaps three schools, it ends up okay. Mm -hmm. Students will end up fine and it'll work itself out. And I think that, you know, as you probably know as a student, you knew something about Santa Clara, but it's so much more, right? And um, once you've gotten here, you've explored and it's what you make of it. And I think that's true for for every college experience. It's, it's There's a bit of what you make of it. So if you start that practice of exploring and taking risks and talking to people that you don't normally um, speak to, or maybe they don't think the same way, well then you just, you know, get into a space where you can really just grow into so many different directions. And I think that's the exciting part about college and, and uh, finding a place that's going to be, to fuel your curiosities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess one interesting part of that whole process is it's almost the more 
um, like the better Santa Clara gets, the more desirable it becomes, and the more desirable it becomes, the lower percent of students can get accepted, I guess. So how do you think about balancing like opportunity for everyone versus yeah. improving Santa Clara so that it you know sure. rises and becomes more you possibly more selective? Sure. You know? So and, you know, and and I've been here again for fifteen years, um, so I have seen how when you look at the university profile, if you will. Um, you know, there's a statistics of our GPAs and standardized test scores that are greater and, and higher. Um, but I'll tell you that in the end of the day, um, it's still about the students. And uh, as much as, you know, Santa Clara has gained more recognition, and that's great, I think. Um, we've certainly have seen it in applications rising to the highest amount this year of 16,000 applications. But what I really value about what we do and how we do it here is that one is that Santa Clara has always been a very mission-based university. So again, back to the idea that yes, we want students to be academically prepared to be here, but that's not the only thing we're looking for. We want students to also come with, again, these varied experiences. And we have this mission that is very clear to us. We want students to um, come to Santa Clara understanding that, you know, they have these talents. And um, when these talents are really brought to life, you can do some pretty amazing and powerful things. And that's not just for your own self-reward, but it's for the reward of of our communities, of our society, of our world. Um, and so we do start looking for that potential in students. Um, and so because I'll tell you, the more we inform Santa Clara about what is offered here, um, you're right, we get more students interested. In all, and I would say that out of our applicant pool, a good, I don't know, 80% are prepared academically to, to thrive here. But it really then comes down to, again, all those varieties and experiences that will then come together. And what we hope for is then transform these students so that they go off to all these varied areas of professional pursuits, right? Whether it be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a social worker um, and make a difference, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, I think being at a place that has a very clear mission that drives how we review, that it's not just, um, you know, characteristics of numerics, right, GPA and scores, but it's about um, what they've done with the opportunities and or the challenges and how that's moved them to be more oriented in making the world a better place. And and we like to see that. We look for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From this student perspective, you apply to college and hit submit online and then you, you know, you wait six months and in that time, you know, who knows what's was kind of going on in there, so I'm kind of wondering what, like what, what, what happens what when students, on? When students, <laughs> you know, submit a application, and then also kind of how do you, how do you have discussions to make difficult decisions about, you know, who's accepted and who's not? Yeah, so um, you may know we accept the uh, college, the the common application, which is. Um, you know, combination of both just general information, transcripts, SAT scores, but then it allows also um, students to write an essay. Um, it requires letters of recommendation from a teacher, from a counselor. We review every aspect of it. 
We also have organized ourselves here in the office so that every person is responsible for a region of the country and or even internationally to really understand it contextually. And we try to get to know the schools as best as we can um, and travel to these parts of the country because that that's going to help us understand these learning environments that are so varied. Um, so each, each one of our counselors, we call them also territory managers, if you will, um, and they're responsible for reviewing these applications. But we're doing it in um, in sort of in more and more committee formats um, where we're having discussions about them. Um, we're able to review different, um, you know, all parts of the application, and and we hope to come to agreement to consensus about an application. Um, some of them are sometimes relatively easier to review. Some of them aren't so easy to review because they have um, sometimes questions that we have to ask that sometimes we have to reach out to accounts or ask for information and or things that we then have to discuss. And we try to do that um, and allow as much time to do so to come to ultimately a decision. And usually that decision, we feel much better about it when it's a consensus, right? Because we're doing it as a collective. And I think what's important about that process as well is that we just as much in this office have varied experiences and lenses. So we have a lot to contribute to those reviews. Um, of course, the challenge is always the time because, you know, one year could be, I think when I first started here, we had 6,000 applications. And now we have 16,000 applications. So um, we have grown a little bit, um, but it really is about optimizing, um, you know, the time we have to, to do those reviews and come to a decision that um, we're going to feel good about. And, and we always aim for that is to feel good about a decision. Um, there are tough decisions, and more and more, there's more tough decisions to make. Um, so, you know, it is painful just as much for us to have to make a sometimes a denied decision or even a waitlisted decision for um, a student we know, you know, is prepared to come here, but it is um, also just a capacity. So I think it's great that in the coming years, as we're growing the university, you know, we're expanding our programs and we will be growing our enrollment. We'll be able to offer admission to more students because, you know, we do think that the opportunities here are great. Mm -hmm. Are there any common mistakes you see students make or things you wish more students took into account when they were applying? We have, so we have three academic uh, units here and um, there are slightly variations and lenses we'll look through. So, for example, student who's pursuing engineering, you know, those foundational courses are going to be important in the sciences and math, and math in particular. So very often um, students might, you know, maybe skirt around it and decide to opt, for example, take stats versus calculus. And for students who are, you know, very clear and want to have the option of, of engineering, I would, I would strongly encourage them to take the calculus route. Um, yeah, do the math. <laughs> Definitely yeah. do the math. Um, but that aside, you know, I think that sometimes students really stress about even getting started sometimes on the application and the essay that, you know, what does the admission office want to hear about? And, you know, they might pick up these books 
about these, you know, essays that got them accepted. And I, it's not any one thing, first of all. And I think that it's still really important for students to recognize the story you want to tell is your story. You don't want to fit it into the mold of what somebody else did because it's all very unique and distinctive. And so, again, I just always point to be authentic and um, say it your way. But the other thing is that, again, it's not just any one thing because all these parts of the application are reviewed. And what we end up finding is that in the end, that essay and or the transcripts and or the application, they're corroborated by other parts, right? You know, the letter of recommendation tells us why, you know, maybe there was, you know, a little bit dip in a grade that you also explained in your essay or extra information. So it's how it all kind of comes together and comes to life. I think sometimes students stress about writing that perfect essay that's, you know, good structure and grammar. And sometimes maybe just, we just don't get enough about really the student and the personality and or the experience. So, you know, if I can convey a message, again, be be authentic, um, be you, paint your picture. Hmm. Yeah, a little more about you personally. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, how do you think about balancing, like leading this this organization with like your your personal life? Like, is it ever difficult to balance those two things? Or like, do you believe in uh, having a good like work-life balance? I do, I do. And I think that at the same time, I've learned that here. Mm-hmm. I've learned that lesson here. And I think a lot of it has to do also with the mission that is Santa Clara, because I think that um, there is focus on the person, on humanity, right? And being in a work environment where um, you're working with people around you and closely, you, you know, you, you want, you, you absolutely keep that in mind. And um, we're very family oriented here. And, you know, more recently, I, I, I have a child that is now uh, is three years old. Um, I came into this position after coming off from maternity leave. And, and so I had to absolutely figure out how to juggle working a very demanding job and then going home and working full time as a mom, right? So it is important, I think, to strike that balance. And I think it could be really hard when you get always, you know, again, tons of emails and having to respond. But I do, that is another part that I try to be very responsible about because every person here is a family person, right? Um, whether you know they're just one or two years out of college, or um, whether they have now two or three kids, I, I think that we're better at our jobs when when we're at our optimum, and that is being able to also experience and exercise you know our interests outside of the office. Um, I think we get a lot out of being here, and we try to you know take moments even through the course of the year to take breaks to reconnect because sometimes when you're reading a lot during the day, you know, it's, it could be a very lonesome process, but it's that connection with people and with the things that matter, um, that feel us. Yeah. One, one big issue for students is stress, right? And it's, you know, it's finals week right now. And so many students are, you know, pulling all nighters in the library and working really hard. So how do you personally think about like stress and how to deal with it? I generally believe that, and and part of it comes through just watching my parents mm-hmm. and and you know the ex, um, other examples of mentors who um, have been great problem solvers. But you have to practice at that, right? I think it it's also been good at allowing myself to sometimes you know, or maybe not allowing, but just happening that sometimes you know you have shortcomings. You know there are failures, and I've even experienced those here making bad decisions. I really do believe that every problem has a solution. 
Um, you don't always experience that right away. There will come a time where you can reflect, and whether it's a good experience or bad experience, there's always good that comes out of it. Sometimes when things get really overwhelming, I say, okay, I'm not going to think about where I need to be a week from now. I'm going to think about where I need to be tomorrow. And tomorrow, I do the same thing. And little by little, then I realize, oh, I'm already here. It's a month later. <laughs> so it's taking it sometimes in sort of bite sizes and really focusing on the present and what matters at that moment in time. Yeah. Well, I'd love to wrap up with a couple shorter questions. So <laughs> yeah, sure. first of all, do you have any favorite place that you've traveled? Well, certainly this job has allowed me to see different parts of the country, towns and cities um, that I'd never experienced. I think one place that I hadn't been to prior to being in admissions that I just found very geographically, uh, well, distant, but also beautiful in terms of its topography is uh, is Maine. <laughs> um, just beautiful country. But, you know, I think that has also allowed me to just take inventory of where I am and uh, in California as a whole and just how lucky I think I am too to be in a place that you know is so diverse in so many different ways really I think one of my favorite places is California north and south I love it here in, in the Bay Area internationally I haven't done a whole lot of travel more recently but uh um, you know, my parents are from Mexico, and um, I go back, and every time I go back, I feel like I learn something new, but I would love to see more parts of the country, um, of Mexico, and just be more connected. Um, and now that I have a three-year-old, I, I certainly would love for her to know her her family history. And um, yeah, so I think there's always something special when I go back to Mexico and learn something different or feel and learn, experience something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? This is going to sound really cheesy, <laughs> but I would say um, love conquers all. Love conquers all. I say that because you know I've had, I think, the reward of meeting a lot of people and being in a lot of situations, and I think that sometimes you encounter difficult situations, difficult people, difficult circumstances. And I think we're also at a time when that's a bit more evident. But when I found that when you talk to people and really make an effort and connect and on the basis of, you know, that human connectedness and that we all experience and really care about our families and that we are beings that love, that's when you make progress. I think that's when you can make a real connection and, and advance a conversation, a topic, no matter how difficult or challenging that could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? Sleeping in late. <laughs> These days that doesn't happen because I usually get a look in by pitter-patter at about 7 a.m. <laughs> I enjoy family time. I think that when you know, your day is here and uh, sometimes I do have to travel and be away from my family. Um, 
I love just not having a scheduled day and waking up when we do and having breakfast and and whatever might be in the fridge and whatever we then concoct and just deciding what we might want to adventure into um, any given weekend. Um, you know, drive maybe a little aimlessly one hour in any given direction and be in a new place and find ourselves in a festival or um, in an orchard or somewhere. And I, I, I love that. I love being able to do that with, with my family. Um, you know, it's really fun right now to see my daughter kind of, you know, experience that and new things for the first time. And that's kind of the simplicity I love of unscheduled, just impromptu Saturday. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. so much for joining me for this conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day.